today we are going to read Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Woo! Riba. <laughs> okay. First of all is Aung San Suu Kyi. Aung San Suu Kyi. Second of all is Brenda Chapman. Right, shall we start? Yeah. Ong San Suu Kyi, politician born on the 19th of June 1945 in Burma. Once there was a young woman named Suu Kyi. She came from a rich Burmese family who traveled the world. Suu Kyi, her husband, and their two children were living in England when the phone rang. My mum has fallen ill, Ew. she said to her children. I have to go back home to take care of her. Huh. She planned to stay there for a few weeks. weeks. But from the moment she landed, she found herself involved in protests against a military dictator. dictator. He had taken over the country and he imprisoned anyone who opposed him. him. Su Chi spoke out against him and quickly got lots of support. The dictator Ten. realized that this young woman, woman was a powerful threat. threat. He gave her a tough choice. You are free to leave the country and never come back. Or you can stay a prisoner in your own home. Su Chi thought about it. Hmm. She very much wanted to rejoin her husband and children in England. But she knew her people needed her. I'll stay, she said. Suchi spent most of the next 21 years, Anika, 21 years as a prisoner in her own home under house arrest. She met people there, spoke about her beliefs and spread her message of democracy and peaceful change. She won the Nobel Peace Prize and inspired millions of people in her own country and across the world all without ever leaving her house. After being finally released, she was elected the leader of her country. Gosh, how inspiring is that? She didn't do anything. She wasn't violent. She wasn't, um, she didn't cause any riots, nothing. Just peacefully sat at home, had dialogues with people, educated them and told them about how wrong it was what the current um, dictatorship was doing. Her quote is, since we live in this world, we have to do our best for this world. What an inspiration. Wonderful story. Shall I hand over to you for Brenda Chapman? Yes, this drum roll is... Is Brenda Chapman. She's um, a director. Yes. With lovely and red hair. Yes. Okay. And she was from the United States. Of born America. when? Born when, please? And she was born November the 1st, 1962. Okay. Once there was a girl who had curly red hair and loved to draw. Her name was Brenda. When she was 15 years old, Brenda called up Walt Disney Studios. Wow. I'm really good at drawing, she said. Will you give me a job? They told her to get back in touch when she was older 
and had some training. That's exactly what she did. She studied character animation at Cal Arts. And a few years later, she found herself exactly where she'd always dreamed, Mm -hmm. working on animated films for Disney in Los Angeles. Los Los Angeles, my darling. Angeles. (laughs) She soon discovered that she was one of the very few women animators there. That's when I realised why princesses in their films were so helpless. They had all been created by men. She recalled. She promised herself that she would create a new type of princess. Strong, independent and brave. She thought, what a good name for a film. Princess Merida. Brave. And anything. Fighting but helpless. Princess Merida in Brave is anything but She's helpless. She's a fantastic archer and gallops around on her like Rapunzel and the other ones. They're all princessy. Yeah. Yes. And very and, and, um, and beautiful, yes. But all, oh, I need my prince. Yes. She is my Merida and I, I adore her. gallops around oh, on her horse, fighting off bears and having An amazing, amazing adventures. adventures. Brenda, based on the character, on her own little girl, Emma, a strong free script spirited girl just like her mum she is my Merida and I adore her Brenda won Oscar and Golden Globe for her film she also worked in many other awarding winning like Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid and the Lion King Brenda became the first woman to direct an animated feature for the major Hollywood studio with the Prince of Egypt oh I like that movie you? I like that movie. You like the movie? Do you know what? I've never seen it. So Brenda said, I drew since I was a little kid and I wanted to draw in my career. So she followed her dreams. She worked hard. She went and got her degree and studied and everything. And then she broke the stereotype. What does that mean, Anika? Oh, goodness, I need my Prince Charming to go flying on a horse. Oh, no, what do I do? Why would any girl need any man to tell her how to do something when she can do it herself she doesn't so girls out there if you're listening know that you can do anything you don't need a prince charming and boys out there please know that you don't have to help someone just because she's a girl know that you are only equals. if she actually really needs it if she needs it she'll ask you for help thank you very much and if she just and that's really silly then you say um you can do it yourself who should say that the prince charming mm. do it yourself as in yeah like if she say oh i want help you can just say you can do it yourself Oh, I see what you mean. You so wonderful thought. Yeah, I get what you mean now. Sorry, it's a bit late. Um, yes, what what Annika is saying is you need to fill the girl with. Um, you need to reassure her and say, no, of course you can do it yourself. So support her when she's taking that decision, and don't say, here, let me help you in a patronizing way. Wonderful thought, Anika. What wisdom from one so young. I am so pleased to hear that. And on that note, we're going to say good night because wait, it is. Wait, wait, it, I, I'm, so, Mama, it, it, honey, honey, it is really please, late. Please. So. Hello kids, hope you're well. It is dreadfully late today, but there's never a bad time to start reading a book.
So, and because it's the holidays going on, mm-hmm. we're taking that liberty, aren't we, Annika? So, we're going to read a book that is very close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, one that is called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. I'm sure all you lovely girls out there, you wonderful, strong, amazing, magical girls might have heard of this and probably read it as well. So, I thought it might be a good might. idea. Might have. I thought it would be a good idea to read some of these stories and make it a series for the next few days. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a little bit that it says at the beginning, which I really want all of you to remember. To all the rebel girls of the world, dream bigger, aim higher, fight harder, and when in doubt, remember you are right unless of course you're arguing with your mom in which case like your one mom is, is one right is two, but actually you're saying one out three is five mm. that is quite wrong darling yes ah yes that that too and of course when you're having a discussion with mom because mom is always right not always uh-uh. <laughs> right always so which one are we gonna which one are we going to read to start with we are going to read ada lovelace Right. Well, I think you all know of her. So. Yeah, so that's why we mm. must talk about her. No. Ada Lovelace, mathematician, born December 10th, 1815 and passed on on November 27th, 1852. She was British. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Ada who loved machines. She also loved the idea of flying. She studied birds to work out the perfect balance between wing size and body weight. She tested out materials and tried out several designs. She never managed to soar like a bird, but she created a beautiful book full of drawings called Flyology where she recorded all of her findings. One night, Ada went to a ball. There she met a grumpy old mathematician named Charles Babbage. Ada was a brilliant mathematician herself and the two soon became good friends. Charles invited Ada to see a machine he had invented. He called it the Difference Engine. It could automatically add and subtract numbers. No one had ever done that before. Ada was hooked. What if we built a machine that could make more complicated calculations? She asked. Excited. Wait, was, it the cal- was it a calculator? It was a computer, as you know. She was actually describing a computer. Excited, Ada and Charles started working. The machine was huge, so huge that it required an enormous steam engine. Ada wanted to go further. What if this machine could play music and show letters as well as numbers? She was, of course, describing a computer way before modern computers were invented. Ada wrote the first computer program in history. And we have a lovely quote from her. That brain of mine is something more than merely mortal, as time will show. The next fabulous rebel girl is Alec Weck, supermodel, 
who was born on the 16th of April 1977 in Sudan. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Alec who would stop by a mango tree to get a snack on her way home from school. In Alec's village, there was no running water, nor electricity. She had to walk to a well for drinking water, but she and her family lived a simple and happy life. Then, a terrible war broke out and Alec's life changed forever. As the warning sirens wailed over their village, Alec and her family had to run away from the fighting. It was the rainy season. The river had flooded. The bridges across it were underwater and Alec could not swim. She was terrified of drowning, but her mum helped her to cross safely to the other side. Along the way, Alec's mum traded packets of salt for food and passports because they didn't have any money. They managed to escape from the war and made their way to London. One day, she was in a park when a talent scout from a famous modelling agency approached her. He wanted to recruit Alex as a model. Sorry, not Alex. Alec as a model. Alex's mother did not want to hear about it. But the agent persisted and she finally agreed. Alec looked so different from any other model that she instantly became a sensation. Alec wants every girl on the planet to know, you are beautiful. It's okay to be quirky. It's fine to be shy. You don't have to go with the crowd. When beauty shines from within, there can be no denying it. Alec Weck. I always say that, isn't it? Beautiful is that beautiful does. And it's always inside here. Yeah? The next incredible, fabulous rebel girl is Alfonsina Strada. Mm-hmm. A cyclist who was born on the 16th of March, 1891 and passed away on 13th of September 1959 in Italy. Once there was a girl who could ride a bike so fast that you could barely see her. Don't go so fast, Alfonsina, her parents would scream. Too late, she had already whizzed past. When she got married, her family hoped that she would finally give up this crazy idea of becoming a cyclist. Instead, on her wedding day, her husband gifted her a brand new racing bike. They moved to Milan and Alfonsina started to train in Italy, honey. And Alfonsina started to train professionally. She was so fast and so strong that a few years later, she entered the... The Giro d'Italia, one of the toughest races in the world. I don't know if it's Giro or Giro. It's Giro. Is it? No other woman had ever attempted it before. She'll never make it, people said. But nobody could stop Alfonsina. The race was long and strenuous, with 21-day-long stages along some of the steepest mountain roads in Europe. Of the 90 cyclists who started out, only 30 made it across the finish line. Alfonsina was one of them. She was greeted as a hero. The next year, she was barred from competing. Giro d'Italia is a men's race, the officials declared. 
but that didn't stop her either. She raced all the same and she set a speed record that stood for 26 years, even though she rode a 44-pound one-gear bike. She would be happy to know that things have changed a lot since then. Now, women's cycle racing is hugely popular. It's even an Olympic sport. Her famous quote was, Nobody can stop my bike. Go you, Alfonsina. And finally, we're going to close the night on the incredible Alicia Alonso, who was a ballerina. Because they were incredible. Born on the 21st of December, 1921 in Cuba. Once upon a time, there was a blind girl who became a great ballerina. Her name was Alicia. Alicia grew up sighted and was a wonderful ballerina with a great career ahead of her when she fell ill. Her eyesight got worse and worse. She was forced to stay in bed for months before moving, but Alicia had to dance, so she danced in the only way she could. I danced in my mind, blinded, motionless, flat on my back. I taught myself to dance Giselle. One day, the New York City Ballet's prima ballerina injured herself. They called Alicia to step in. She was already partially blind, but how could she say no? The ballet was Giselle, what she'd been dreaming of. As they say, dreams do come true, isn't it? Mm -hmm. As soon as she started to dance, the audience fell in love with her. Alicia danced with grace and confidence, even though she could barely see. She trained her partners to be exactly where she needed them at just the right time. Her style was so unique that she was asked to dance with her ballet company all over the world. But her dream was to bring classical ballet to Cuba, her home country. Back from her travels, she started to teach classical ballet to Cuban dancers. She founded the Alicia Alonso Ballet Company, which later became the Ballet Nacional de Cuba. And on that note, we're going to say goodnight. Can I just read one last one? One last one. Oh, dear me. Yeah, it's too late, honey bun. Okay, one last story. And remember, girls, you can do anything. Okay, it's all in your mind. So Ooh, never, no, ever think. Mm-hmm, never think that there is something stopping you. The only one stopping you is you. You. <laughs> so, the final story for tonight is Amina Gurib Fakim, president and scientist. She was born on October the 17th, 1959, in Mauritius. I know, sweetie, but that's why I told you we'll end on the phone. In an island nation in the Indian Ocean called Mauritius, there lived a girl who wanted to know everything about plants. Her name was Amina. Amina studied biodiversity. She analyzed hundreds of aromatic and... So, so, so let's try and break it down. What's diversity? 
diverse, is varied, isn't it? A lot of varied things. So she analyzed hundreds of aromatic and medicinal herbs and flowers. She studied their properties and travelled to rural villages to learn from traditional healers how they used plants in their rituals. For Amina, plants were like friends. Her favourite tree was the baobab because it is so useful. It stores water in its trunk, its leaves can cure infections and its fruit, called monkey apple, contains more proteins than even human milk. Amina thought that a lot could be learned from plants. Plants like benjoin, for example. The leaves of benjoin, benjoin or benhoin, are different shapes and sizes. Animals won't eat plants they don't recognize, so they, te- they tend to leave this plant alone. Quite smart, don't you think? Amina thought of plants as living biological labs full of vital information for humans and every other species. Every time a forest is cut down, we lose an entire laboratory. Oh, well, that's a different way of looking at things, isn't it? A lab that we will never, ever recover. Amina Gurib was elected president of Mauritius, and every day she fights hard for all the inhabitants of her country. The people, and the animals, still... and of course, plants. Is she still alive? Yeah. If she wasn't, they would have put the, the date of when she passed away. So she very much is alive. So on that note, we're finally going to say goodnight. Have a lovely night's rest, kids. Enjoy the holidays. And remember, you can do anything. Toodles! Hello, hello kids. Hope you're well and you've enjoyed a beautiful day during the Easter holidays. We're going to be reading a few stories from the Book of Rebel Girls. Is it called the Book of Rebel Girls? I don't think so. It's called the Rebel Girl Book. Good night stories for <laughs> rebel girls. Sorry about that, Anika. As you know, Anika is my very smart nine-year-old who today is going to be reading two of the stories. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand it over to the one and only Anika Cole. We are going to be reading Okay, first one is Artemisia Gentileschi. Second one is Ashley Violet. The next one after that is Astrid Lindgren. Mm-hmm. And the next one after that okay, is Ong San Suu Kyi. Oh, yes, wonderful lady. How do you know? She's very famous. Okay, uh, so you can start off with these two, and then. The next one is Balkisa Chaibu, and if we read six, then it's Brenda Chapman and the Bronte sisters. I think. Really, John, we're not going to read so many ways, really. By let's start off with the ones. Ok
Okay, let's start. Once there was a girl who was an amazing painter. Her name was Artemisia. She was beautiful and strong. Her father, Orazio, was also a painter and trained her in his studio from the time she was little. By the time she was 17 years old, Artemisia had already painted several masterpieces, yet people were sceptical about her. How can she paint like this? They whispered to each other. At that time, women were not even allowed to get close to famous artists. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine being in a time like that? One day, that was uh, 1593. Wow, that's old. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, her other, uh, her other, sorry, father asked <laughs> <laughs> his friend, the famous painter, Agostino Tassi, to teach Artemisia perspective how to create three-dimensional space on a flat surface. Augustino wanted a star pupil to also be his lover. I promise I will marry you, she, he told her. Artemisia kept on saying no. Things became so bad that Artemisia finally told her father that she was going on. Artemisia's father believed her and even though Agostino was a powerful man, and a dangerous enemy. Orazio took him to court. During the trial, Augustino denied doing anything wrong. Artemisia faced terrible pleasure, but stuck to the truth and didn't give in. In the end, Agostino was found guilty. Today, Artemisia is considered one of the greatest painters of all time. Okay, moving on to the next one. Why don't you read one of the quotes? They always give a quote. Okay. Yeah. As long as I live, I will have control over my being. My being. Yes, absolutely right. How inspiring, huh? Kind of. Kind of. I'm just saying a lot of people say that. No, no, I don't mean the quote. I mean in general. Oh, no, the woman is inspiring. Yeah. Uh, Kind of. Kind of? What do you mean, kind of? She just did something good. Doesn't make her a rebel. I've done many things good. Doesn't make me a rebel. No, no, you're not getting it. You're not getting the meaning of it. These people did something different. People expected them to do something. I know, I know, but I'm just saying. uh, Taking her to court is a bit, like, she's kind of like, I mean, I totally kind of agree with her. What do you mean you're totally kind of? You're either totally or you're kind of. I kind okay, of. next, let's move. Let, let's okay. go. Okay. Next story. Next, Ashley Violet. Mm-hmm. She was a motocross racer. Wow. She was the United States of America. Okay. Okay, can't hear a thing. Can't hear a thing. Okay, she was born October 22nd and born in 1990. Okay, little girl called Ashley is playing in the kitchen when some pans fell off a table with a massive crash. Ashley didn't even turn around. Her mum and dad decided to get her hearing tested. When the results came back, they found out that their daughter was deaf. They learned sign language and sent 
Ashley to a calf with other deaf kids so she could learn from them and build up self-confidence. Ashley's father and her grandfather loved motorcycles, so they gave her a peewee motorbike when she was three. The three of them would head to the woods. Then what happened? Okay, what was I? You were screaming something. Ashley loved these outings and started dreaming about being a motocross racer. Most people told her it was impossible. Hearing is really important in motocross. They said the sound of an energy energy sorry engine tells you when to shift gears. You have to be able to hear when, where the other riders are. But Ashley could feel from the engine's vibration when to change the gears. She looked from the shadows in the oh, corner of her eye and knew when someone was getting close. Oh. Five years, she won four national titles. She fell many times. Ashley broke her left arm and right wrist and right, oh, wow. and right ankle. But she never gave up. Mama. Her collarbone three times and her front two teeth, but she always recovered and got back on her bike. Ashley has a pickup truck parked in her driveway. One back, a bumper sticker reads, Honk all you want, I'm deaf. <laughs> Using humour as well. How hard it must be, huh? How we take these things for granted. Can you imagine sight? It's hilarious, Sound. I like this person. Which person? Um, Ashley Filek. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is her quote. I don't think about vibrations. I don't think about anything at all. I'm part of the bike now. Wow. She's immersed herself completely. You know, that's what whenever I say to you, do something where okay, you have to completely time. lose yourself in it. Oh, sorry. Did I give you a paper no cut? Money, Astrid Lindgren, writer, born November 14th, 1907, and passed away on the Jan- on the 28th of January 2002 in Sweden. There was a girl who lived on a farm with her big family. She would spend entire days roaming free in the fields with her brothers and sisters. But she also helped to take care of the farm animals. Not just the small ones like chickens and ducks, but even the big ones like cows and horses. Her name was Astrid and she was quite a rebellious spirit. She was strong, brave, never scared of being alone. And she could do all sorts of things. She could clean, she could cook, she could fix a bike, she could walk along rooftops, she could fight off bullies, she could make up fantastic stories. Sounds familiar? Well, if you've ever read about another little girl who was strong, brave and fearless called Pippi Longbottom. Stings. Yeah, burst. Long stockings. Sorry. Pippi Longstocking, you won't be surprised to learn. Sorry. <laughs> Long bottom, sorry. <laughs> Strong, brave, and fearless called Pippi Longstocking 
You won't be surprised. was published lots of adults disapproved pepe is too rebellious they said our children will think being disobedient is okay children on the other hand loved it pepe didn't just say no without any reason she showed young readers the importance of being independent while always caring for others Today, Pippi Longstocking is one of the best loved books in children's literature. Astrid went on to write and publish many more books, always depicting strong children in charge of their own adventures. So whenever you're in trouble, you can just you say Longbottom. Grab a copy of Pippi Longstocking. She will always be there to help you. Mischief isn't something you think up. It just happens, Astrid Lindgren said. Did you read the quote? That's what I just read. Okay, can you read that? We, we, no? <laughs> okay, we'll come back. That Bamini. Balkisa Chaibu. Chaibu. Born 1995 in Niger. Once there was a girl who wanted to become a doctor. Her name was Balkisa, and she was really good at school. One day she discovered her uncle had promised her in marriage to one of her cousins. (gasps) Balkisa was horrified. You can't force me to get married. I want to be a doctor. Unfortunately, the country where Balkisa lived allows parents to arrange weddings for their daughters when they are still children. Just let me stay in school five more years, Balkisa begged her parents. Her parents agreed to postpone the marriage. But after five years, Balkisa's love of learning had only grown stronger. The night before her wedding, she escaped from her house and ran to the closest police station to ask for help. She decided to challenge her uncle in court. She was terrified that this might turn her whole family against her. But her mother quietly encouraged her to keep fighting. The judge agreed with Balkisa and when her uncle threatened her, he was forced to leave the country. The day I won the case and I put my school uniform back on, I felt my life was renewed. Can you imagine being so young and instead of being in school, being married? That's that's really not nice. And what an incredible girl that she fought against everything. Today, Balkisa is at university, studying hard to become a doctor. She also campaigns for other young girls to follow her example and say no. Has she died yet? No, honey, she was born in 95, Bitta. Oh, sorry. They said, no, she's at university studying to become a doctor. right, right, right. right, You've obviously completely switched off. (laughs) What do you think? I don't think she's still at university. Do you know why? Because this book was published before. Much before. Fair enough. Let's have a look. When was this book published? We'll come back to it now. This was published in 2016, so not that long back, Anika. Um, she visits schools and speaks to tribal chiefs about the issue. Study with all your might. It's not easy, but it's your only hope. 
she says. I will show them what I can do with my life. One more story then you can do. Sai whatever her name is. No, later. We'll do that later. Okay, fine then. So one more for you. Should we do the Bronte sisters or this? We can do the Bronte sisters. I love the Bronte sisters. I okay. hope soon you can read their books. Delightful books, Anika. Just incredible. Would you like to read it? Okay. I'll read it. The Bronte sisters. I like the two dots on the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a cold, bleak house in northern Okay, do England. you want to read where they were born? Oh, and when um, they died? United Kingdom. They were born in 1816 mm-hmm. and died in 1855. Yes, okay. I did think they would die. I did think they were alive. Yeah. Sad, though. Mm-hmm. In a cold, bleak house in northern England, there once lived three sisters. Charlotte, Emily and Anne. Bronte were often alone and they wrote stories and poems to entertain themselves. One day, Charlotte decided to send poems to a famous English poet who asked what he thought of them. His response was, one second, can I take a guess? That's rubbish. That's a guess. That's a guess, Mama. That's a guess. It's not the real thing. I do not like your poems at all. Okay, that's kind of (laughs) like what I said. Literature. Literature is a man's business. What? Charlotte kept on writing. One night she found a notebook lying on Emily's desk. Why have you not shown your poems before? Charlotte asked. They are beautiful. Emily was furious at her sister reading her private papers without her permission. But once Emily calmed down, Charlotte proposed, Why don't you write... We write a book of poetry together. Emily and Anne... Agreed. Honey? Sorry, Emily and Anne agreed. When they finally published the book, it only sold two copies, but they still did not give up, and they kept walking in secret, discussing their writing at the dinner table. This time, they each worked on a different novel. When the novels came out, they were hugely successful. People at that time couldn't believe that they had been written by these three country girls. So the sisters had to travel to London to prove that they were indeed the authors. Oh my goodness. The, the books have been translated into many different languages and read by mere, uh, millions of people across the world. This is a quote. I am not an angel and I will not be one till I die. I will be myself. Yes. Charlotte Bronte. Be your authentic self. We always say that. And on that note, boys and girls, we wish you good night. Remember, be your authentic self. Just be yourself. Everyone else has been taken. You don't need to copy someone. You don't need to be good or bad or whatever it is. Just be yourselves. And just know that you can do anything all right then good night and sleep tight don't let the bugs bite hello hello kiddos hope you're well it's another day 
in the Easter weekend and my goodness how much fun has it been we've done lots of gardening today so we're all a bit tired um and then we had a quiz which was great fun where the kids organized a quiz for the adults and we i have to confess didn't do very well did we yeah we did 27 out of 45 mm, not great at all Even but we would get way more than that i would get at least in the 40 that that that's that's fine but we talked about it it was not about being competitive it was being about what was it about participating and learning knowledge so thank you guys so much but <laughs> can we go a bit easy on the adults next time because you guys were really rough on us and we didn't seem to know very much at all so we're going to have to up our game now next time right so today we are back with our good night stories for rebel girls <clears throat> and we're going to read um Three or four. The first one is going to be one of our favorites, and that's one of Annika's favorites as well, called Coco Chanel, the very famous, the iconic fashion designer. It was Gabrielle. Mm. So she was born on the nineteenth of August, eighteen eighty-three, and she died on the tenth of January, nineteen seventy-one. Gabriel, I think. No, Gabrielle. Perhaps I think it's Gabrielle. You're right. Mother says it's Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Oh, okay. France. Once upon a time in central France, there was a girl who lived in a convent, surrounded by nuns dressed in black and white. Her name was Gabrielle Chanel. In the convent, girls were taught how to sew, but they didn't have many colors to choose from. They used the same material as nuns did, so all their dolls were dressed up in black and white too. When she grew up, Gabriel worked as a seamstress by day and as a singer by night. The soldiers she sang for at the bar called her Coco, and the nickname would stick with her for the rest of her life. Coco dreamed of having her own shop in Paris. One day, a wealthy friend of hers lent her enough money to make her dream come true. Coco's clothes looked fabulous, even if the cloth was plain. Where did you buy that? The chic Parisian ladies would ask her. I made it myself, she'd say. Come to my shop and I can make one for you too. Business grew quickly, and Coco soon repaid all the money to her friend. Her most successful design was her classic little black dress, also known as the LBD. She transformed the color that had always been associated with funerals to something perfect for a glamorous evening out. The shape of many of the clothes we wear today was heavily influenced by Coco Chanel, the designer And who started life making Juan dolls. Indeed, who started life making dolls clothes from scraps of nuns skirts. Some people think that luxury is the opposite of poverty. It is not. It is the opposite of vulgarity. Coco Chanel. Fantastic. What an inspirational lady. She decided that she wanted to do something with her life. She had a dream and she pursued that dream. She worked hard and she had a vision. And the vision was to make classy clothes beautiful clothes and stylish clothes even from something as mundane and boring as black people thought uh black is so boring also black is associated with with death so when someone dies at their funeral you wear black 
Okay. And for mourning, well, yes, in in the West, you you wear black clothes. Mm-hmm. In India, you wear white clothes when right. you're when you're mourning somebody or something like that. <laughs> right. Next one, Cora Coralina, poet and baker. Born oh, on the 20th of August. I was first sitting one and I named my little fishy Coralina. Yeah. 20th of August, 1889 to the 10th of April, 1985. Please, honey bun. From Brazil. Once upon a time, in a house on a bridge, there was a little girl named Cora who knew she was a poet. Her family did not think so. They did not want her to read books and they did not want her to to send her to high school. They thought her job was to find a good husband and raise a family. When she grew up, Cora fell in love with a man and they got married. She moved with him to the big city and they had four children. She worked all sorts of jobs to make her children go to school. Cora had a busy life, but she never forgot that she was a poet. She wrote every single day. When she was 60 years old, she moved back to the house on the bridge. She decided to make her career as a poet. At 60, go you, Cora. Cora still needed money, so she baked cakes to sell on her doorstep along with her poems. Cora's poems started to be appreciated by other poets and writers. She won prizes and medals, and when she was 75 years old, she published her first book. Wow! journalists came from all over the country to interview her while she was baking and when they left she sat down at her desk and started to write again surrounded by the delicious smells of pies cookies and cakes i'm that woman who climbed the mountain of life removing stones and planting flowers cora coralina wow that means the biggest lesson is what's the lesson in this anika It's never too old to do anything. Anything. When people say, "Oh, I'm too old to try this." Nah. No way. You're, you're not, never no. too old. Are you too old to dress up with me? No, not at all. Is Nani too old to dress up with me? No one's too old to do dress up with you. What kind of dress up do you want to do? On Sunday. Yeah, what kind of dress up do you want to do? I'm not sure. But you and I do dress ups all the time together. Yeah, but not funky dress up singing a story together. Funk? Oh, do you mean you wanna you wanna dress up while reading a story? No. Then when what do like, you mean by you that? Can do dress ups and we can play stories together. Okay. So we come up with our own story. Then we play them. And then we act them out. We play, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Do you wanna do that? Yeah. So tomorrow, Easter Sunday. Yeah. Okay, and you decide. what you want me to wear okay cool the next story is a story of believing in yourself and being comfortable in your belief of yourself and that is also a story of great courage because it's not easy to do that koi mathis born in 2007 in america Once upon a time a boy named Koi was born. Koi loved dresses, the color pink and shiny shoes. Koi wanted his parents to address him as she and didn't like wearing boys clothes. His parents let him wear whatever he liked. One night Koi asked his mom, 
when are we going to the doctor to have me fixed into a girl girl the doctor explained usually boys feel okay with being boys and girls feel fine with being girls but there are some boys who feel female and some girls who feel male they are called transgender and koi is a transgender girl she was born in a boy's body but deep inside she feels that she is a girl and she should be allowed to be one from then on koi's mum and dad asked everyone to treat koi as a girl but when school started they had an unexpected problem koi has to either use the boys bathroom or the bathroom for disabled children the teacher said but i'm not a boy koi wailed and i'm not disabled i'm a girl koi's parents talked to a judge about the situation the judge thought about it and decided koi should be allowed to use whichever bathroom she wants koi and her parents threw a big party to celebrate they ate pink cake and koi wore a sparkly pink dress and beautiful pink shoes So this is a story of courage great courage it's not easy to stand up and say i want to be me this is who i am and stand up for it and believe in it because a lot of people may bully you and may say eh, nah, 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 nah. you know are you a girl or are you a boy but the beauty was that her parents supported her that is most important so remember whenever whenever my darling always know that your parents will support you yeah your family will love you no matter what and always believe in who you are and be that person so um i think on that note we're going to call it a night because no, actually no, no, actually it's a you're exhausted my sweetheart you know what i wanted to do actually okay find me another story i wanted to actually read a poem these days every day a short poem because it is national poetry month so while you are i have a question yeah do you like queen elizabeth the first more or do you like queen mary the queen of scots hmm do you know i'm i just thought they were plotting against each other <laughs> did they oh gosh it's a hard one um I am not entirely sure. Right, have you decided which one that you're going to Hm? Okay, we have to we have to you need to tell me quickly, sweetheart. Okay. Which this one we're going to be reading? The Queen. She was born in 1533. Okay. In March 24th and died in 1603. Once upon a time there's a king and he wanted to leave his kingdom to his son and his wife he gave a birth to a daughter King Henry the 8th was so mad he left her and sent the child away and married another woman he believed that the only man would be able to rule the country after he died he was delighted when his new boy gave a gave birth to a boy Edward Henry's daughter Elizabeth 
grew up a bright and brilliant girl with striking red hair and and a fiery temper. Edward was only nine years old when his father died and became the new king. A few years later, he also became ill and died, and his sister Mary became queen. Mary thought that Elizabeth was plotting against her, so she locked Elizabeth up in the Tower of London. One day, the Tower Guards burst into a cell. The queen is dead, they announced, and they fell to her knees in front of her. Elizabeth instantly went from being a prisoner in the Tower to the country's new queen. Elizabeth's court was home to musicians, poets, painters and playwrights. She, the most family, fa- famous William was William Shakespeare, who plays Elizabeth adored. She wore some Chusa's gowns decorated with pearls and lace. She never married. She valued her own independence as highly as that of her country. Her people loved her dearly, and when she died, Londoners took the streets to mourn, mourn. Uh, mourn the great greatest queen they ever had. Wow. And what's her quote? A clear and innocent conscience fears nothing. Well done, Elizabeth. She was a fair queen, a wonderful queen. And on that note, we're going to stop rebel girl stories, but we're going to have a quick listen to one of my favorite poems called Wind on the Hill by A.L. Milne. No one can tell me, nobody knows. Where the wind comes from, where the wind goes. It's flying from somewhere as fast as it can. I couldn't keep up with it, not if I ran. But if I stopped holding the string of my kite, it would blow with the wind for a day and a night. And then when I found it, wherever it blew, I should know that the wind had been going there too. So then I could tell them where the wind goes. But where the wind comes from, nobody knows. By A.A. Milne, Wind on the Hill, one of my favourite poems. So on that note, boys and girls, I'm going to wish you good night. I hope you enjoyed today's session. I hope you get to read a lot more during this break. Make the most of this time that you're off. Um, And I'm going to be reading you a poem a day for the rest of April. So good night and sleep tight. Bye-bye. evening kiddos hope you're well and enjoying your uh, easter weekend today we're going to be going back to our uh, rebel girls stories and the first story is going to be catherine the great we're going to read four stories and as always my guest speaker guest narrator for tonight is um is a young lady by the name of Miss A. So I'm going to hand over to Miss A, who's going to read tonight's story. Hello, I am called Avery. Avery. Okay. Hello, Avery. How uh, are you? I. Thank am... you so much for being on my show today. Um, I know you have a really busy schedule, so I do appreciate you taking out time. Would you like to start off? Because I know you need to rush. Mm -hmm. So, would you like to start off? 
Okay, the first story on this channel is going to be Catherine the Great. Oh, okay. Are you from France? No, I just say the. The. Oh, oh okay. You like it. It's just your mm-hmm. style. Wonderful. She was an empress mm-hmm. who lived in Russia and mm-hmm. was from Russia. Mm-hmm. And she was born at me. The second, seventeen twenty nine. That's very old. Mm-hmm. November seventeenth, and died seventeen ninety six. Okay. Good life. All right. Okay. Actually, All right. Okay. Once there was a queen who disliked her husband. Okay. Her Good name was Catherine, and her husband Peter was an emperor of Russia. The Russian people found him mean and arrogant. Catherine knew she would do a better job of ruling the country. All she had to do was figure out a way of replacing her husband six months after becoming the emperor. Peter went on vacation, leaving Catherine behind. This was a chance. Catherine gave a rousing speech to the royal soldiers to get them on her side. They switched their loyalty from Peter to Catherine, and the priest declared her the new ruler of Russia. Yay! She then ordered a suitably magnificent crown to be Almost the first thing she did as empress was to order her to be arrested and put in jail. Good for him. Catherine's magnificent crown took two months to create. It was made of gold and silver, encrusted with 4,936 diamonds, Whoa. 75 pearls, oh. and a huge ruby on the top. Crikey. During her region... Reign. Oh, sorry. During her reign, Catherine expanded the Russian Empire, winning many wars and uprisings. Lots of people were envious about this powerful woman. Does anyone know what envious means? You're my dictionary lady. Dictionary lady says envious comes from the word envy, which is to be jealous. So they were very envious of her. They wanted to they said be in her position. Things about Did her they? Behind her back when she was alive and when she died. They said she must have fallen off the toilet. What? In fact, she died in her bed. And she was buried as sumptuous in a sumptuous oh sumptuous golden, golden tomb, tomb in Peter and Paul Cathedral in Saint Petersburg. Why is everything Peter? <laughs> it's a very favorite, one of their favorites name, favorite names. Her Peter. quote is: "I am one of the people who love the why of things, so not the what, but the why." Very interesting, Catherine the Great. Catherine, we salute you. Right, the next one is Cholita Climbers. No, it's not Cholita Climbers. Oh, is it not? It's Cholita Climbers. Okay, Cholita Climbers, (laughs) the mountaineers, born in 1968 in Bolivia. Once upon a time. What does CA mean? What does CA mean? Good point. Um, I, I think it probably means oh. it's these. No, no, no. It means that it's the current times. Okay. Nice. Once upon a time, at the foot of a beautiful mountain in Bolivia, there lived a woman called Lydia Huelas. 
Yes, way yes. All her life, Lydia and her friends had cooked for mountaineers before they set off from base camps to climb the mountain. She used to watch them put on helmets, strap on their backpacks, tighten their boots, and fill their warm bottles. She saw... Oh, sorry. She saw the excited look in their eyes. Lydia and the other woman did not know what it was like to be on the top of a mountain. Their husbands did all the... Uh, sorry did and their sons did it was their job to act as the mountain guides and porters mm-hmm. taking groups of climbers safely to the peaks and back down while the woman stayed at camp in the valley one day lydia said let's go up and see for ourselves well done lydia Woo woo! of course well done as the woman pulled on their boots and crampons under their colourful skirts, which are cholitas. Oh, cholitas, okay, sorry. The men laughed. You can't <laughs> wear cholitas, they said. You have to wear proper climbing gear. Nonsense, Lydia said, strapping on her hard hat. We can wear what we like. Oh, yeah. We are the you cholita go, climbers. Through snowstorms and high winds, the woman climbed peak after peak. We are we strong. Are strong. We, we want, want to, to climb eight, eight mountains, mountains, they said. Thanks, Mommy. Thanks, darling. Swirling the multicolored... No, as you read this... Oh, sorry. As you read this, they probably... They are probably tramping through the snow. The wind swirling their multicolored skirts, filled with the excitement of seeing the world from yet another peak. Being on the top is a wonder, is wonderful. It's another world. Lydia Huayas, the Cholit. No, if, if it's double L, I reckon it's Yas. She wasn't Spanish. She was from Bolivia, Mama. But sweetie, they speak Spanish there. Where's Bolivia? South America. Okay. Cholita Climbers. What a lovely story. Thank you for choosing that cute pee. Oh, thank you. Okay, next story is Claudia Rugarini. Born in Paris. I mean, uh, not born in, sorry. I mean, she was a partisan. Partisan. And she lived in Italy February 1922, July 4th, and died. 2016. Died on 4th of July 2016. <laughs> Once there was a girl who had to change her name. Hey, Marissa, her friends would call out. Nobody could know that her n- real name was Claudia. It was too dangerous. I thought it was Claudia. You're probably right in English, but I think where she came from, Italy, it would have been Claudia. Claudia lived at a time when Italy was ruled by a tyrannical man called Benito Mussolini. During Mussolini's dictatorship, you couldn't read certain books. You couldn't watch certain movies. You couldn't express your opinion. And you certainly couldn't vote. Claudia believed in freedom and decided to fight this man with all her strength. So she joined a group of partisans, Partigiani, in Italian to help bring down the dictator. Claudia's group was made up of young university students. They would meet in secret after class to bring out their own newspaper. But how could they spread their message with Mussolini's police everywhere? Claudia was incredibly brave. 
She cycled around delivering newspapers and messages from one secret location to another for almost two years. One day, the regime finally collapsed. The national radio announced that Italy was free from fascism and people flooded onto the streets to celebrate. Claudia, Marissa, had one last task. With a small group of partisans, she entered the offices of Italy's national newspaper, Il Co- Co- Corriere... I'll read it for you. Il, Il Corriere, Corriere della Sera. Sera. And officially liberated it from censorship after 20 years. Finally, they were free to print the truth. And Claudia's friends could call her by her real name at least. What a wonderful story of at last. bravery. At last. You're right. Of bravery. Of course, how brave and valiant she was. And fear is the desire to fight for freedom. Oh, goodness. That's absolutely right. Because when you know you want freedom, or indeed if you want anything, it helps you conquer all your fears. Goodness, Anika. What? Can you imagine how brave you would need to be so knowing that there was somebody... So if you want a TV in your somebody... room, you can just get all your fears. Oh, really? I want a TV in my room. Oh, so you overcome your fears yeah. by asking for a TV? Uh-huh. It doesn't work like that, my child. Oh. Yes. What about if Because you... wanting a TV is not the same as freedom. You're not fighting for the same thing. I want a TV. Down with fascism. No. <laughs> doesn't work like that. Very different <laughs> problems here. Right. Moving on to the next story. Miss A is going to be reading Cleopatra the Pharaoh. Go on. Once upon No, no, let's see. So Cleopatra reigned, or rather, Cleopatra was from 69 before Christ to August the 12th, 30 before Christ. And this was in Egypt. Okay, come on. In ancient Egypt, a pharaoh died and left his kingdom. Sorry, you can't hear a word, sweetheart. To his ten-year-old son, Ptolemy. Honey, do you want to start again? It was really hard to hear. Okay, once upon a time in ancient Egypt. Excellent, I love the drama. A pharaoh died and left his kingdom to a ten-year-old son, Ptolemy the thirteenth, to his eight-year-old. And to his 18-year-old daughter, Cleopatra. 18-year-old daughter, Cleopatra. The two had such different ideas on how to run the country that soon Cleopatra was kicked out of the palace and a civil war broke out. Julius Caesar, the emperor of Rome, travelled to Egypt to help Cleopatra and his brother, her brother, to find an agreement. If only... I could meet Caesar before my brother does, Cleopatra thought. I could convince him that I'm the better pharaoh. But she had been banished from the palace. The guards would have blocked her at the entrance. Cleopatra asked her servants to roll her up inside a carpet and to smuggle her into Caesar's rooms. Impressed by her daring, Caesar restored Cleopatra to the throne. They became a couple and had a son. Cleopatra moved to Rome, but then Caesar was killed and she went back to Egypt. The new Roman leader, Mark Antony, had heard a lot about the strong Egyptian queen and wanted to meet her. This time, she arrived on a golden barge surrounded by precious jewels and silk. It was love at first sight. 
Cleopatra and Mark Antony were inseparable. They had three children and loved each other to the end of their lives. When Cleopatra died, the empire ended with her. She was the last pharaoh to rule ancient Egypt. Her quote goes, I will not be triumphed over. And that's great because just because she's a woman doesn't mean people could think that she could be triumphed over. So she was strong and brave and showed a lot of grit and determination and finally ruled her country. So on that note, kids, um, I would wish you would like to wish you good night and so from miss a and me it is it is good night sleep tight and don't let the bugs bite doodles good evening boys and girls or rather good night no well very late evening it's 10 o'clock can you believe it to a different time of the day Indeed. If you're listening to it in a different part of the world, then it could be good afternoon or it could be good morning. But whatever time of the day it is, hello, hello and greetings from Annika and me in London. We are continuing to read our goodnight stories for rebel girls. And today we're going to read about Euphrosina Cruz, who was an activist and politician born on January the 1st, 1979 in Mexico. Once there was a girl who didn't want to make tortillas. When her father told her that women can only make tortillas and children, she burst into tears and promised to show him that it wasn't true. You can leave this house, but don't expect a single cent from me, he told her. Cent, and you go like a penny. You know, American money? Uh, 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 C-E-N-T. Oh. Yeah? Euphrosina started out by selling chewing gum and fruit on the street to pay for her studies. She got a degree in accounting and came back home with a job as a teacher. She started to teach young indigenous girls like herself so they could also find the strength and the resources to build their own lives. One day, she decided to run for mayor of her town. She won many votes, but despite that, the townsmen cancelled the election. A woman as mayor? Don't be ridiculous, they said. Furious, Euphrosina started to work even harder. She founded an organization called Cuego to help indigenous women fight for their rights. Their symbol was a white lily. Wherever I go, I take this flower to remind people that we are exactly that, natural, beautiful and resilient, Euphrosina said. A few years later, Euphrosina became the first indigenous woman to be elected president of the state congress. When the first lady of Mexico came to visit, Euphrosina walked arm in arm with her in front of the local population. She showed her father and the entire world that there is nothing that the strong indigenous woman, women of Mexico cannot do. When a woman decides to change, 
everything changes around her how brilliant anika i have to say each story i read in this book is so inspiring that's why they're rebels they are they do kind they too say kind of but not exactly i know rebel you're my little rebel you're my little rebel you're my little rebel my cutie pie well rebels are normal persons too in a slightly not so normal way <laughs> normal remember normal is boring normal is boring evita peron politician born on 7th of may 1919 and died on the 26th of july 1952 in argentina Once upon a time in South America lived a beautiful girl called Eva. As a child, Eva dreamed of escaping her life of poverty. Uh, yeah, they would probably call it Eva in in the um in South America. Um but yes, fine, we will call it Eva. Um so what was I saying? As a child, Eva dreamed of escaping her life of poverty by becoming a famous actress and film star when she was just 15 years old eva moved to the big city of buenos aires to pursue her dream with her it, the the spanish way would be iris bitu with her talent good looks and determination she soon became a celebrated actress on stage and on the radio but eva wanted more She wanted to help people less fortunate than herself. One night at a party, she met Colonel Juan Perón, a powerful politician. They fell in love and got married shortly. When Juan Perón was elected president of Argentina one year later, Eva quickly became known by her affectionate nickname, Evita. The people loved her passion and her commitment to helping the poor. She fought hard for women's rights and helped women win their right to vote. She became such a legendary figure that she was asked to run as vice president to help govern alongside her husband. Although she was loved by the poor, many powerful people feared her charisma and power. They just can't deal with a young successful woman, she used to say. After discovering she had a serious illness, Evita decided not to run, although she did help her husband win a second term as president. When she died, only a few months later, the announcement came on national radio, "We have lost the spiritual chief of our nation." She had incredible energy, Anika, and she connected with the people like no other. she said you must want you have the right to ask you must desire they've made a famous musical on her and that was also made into a movie the most i've watched it and i've heard the song numerous times don't cry for me argentina the truth is i never left you all through my bad days my mad existence 
I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. Don't cry for me, Argentina. It's a beautiful song. Oh, I... about Argentina, Argentina under lockdown. Huh? And coronavirus. Oh, better everybody's under under Mama, I've lockdown. Lots, have lots of people died all over the world? Yes, they have, honey bun. How many in Argentina? I hundreds or thousands. I don't know, sweetheart. I haven't. Kept, How does she think? I haven't kept track. Okay. Track of that. Shall we move on to the next one, my darling child? Fadumo Daib, politician, born. In 1973, in Somalia, is this a sad story? Not exactly sad. It's like Harriet Tubman, but it's okay. Read it, read it, read it. Yeah, she was born in Somalia. Okay. Once there was a girl whose childhood was spent trying to escape from war. Fadumo and her family had to stay one step ahead of the fighting and she could not go to school. She did not learn to read and write until she was 14. One day her mother told her, You must leave the country. Take your brother and sister and go. Fadumo knew that her mother was right. War-torn Somalia was one of the most dangerous places in the world for children. When they finally arrived in Finland, they could do all the things that children can do when they live in a peaceful, democratic country. They had a home and beds. They had food every day. They could play and go to school. They were never beaten and they could see a doctor for free if they were ill. But Fadumo never forgot about Somalia. She wanted to learn everything she could so she could go back to her own country and help her people regain freedom and peace. After earning three master's degrees, she left her family in Finland and started to work with the United Nations to set up hospitals across Somalia. I have to be there, she told her husband. Today, Fadumo is Somalia's first female presidential candidate. No Somali woman has ever run for president before because it is extremely dangerous. But Fadumo has no doubts. My mother always told me, you hold all life's possibilities in the palm of your hands. And that is true. Her quote is, we will no longer negotiate for our existence. Strong, brave rebel woman. You go, Fadumo. And on that note, we are going to call it a night because we have had a long, long walk today and soaked in the sun and so we're all a bit yawny and tired um i will probably uh, at some point tonight record a separate um uh message or record a different um uh recording for uh, a poem because as we talked about yesterday it is National Poetry Month and I do hope you're taking some time out to appreciate the beautiful form of poetry. On that note, I wish you good night, sleep tight and don't let the bugsy boogs bite. Toodles! Today, 
Sophia. <coughs> Going to a good night stories for rebel girls. Woo! First up is the one and only Lawrence Nightingale. I can Nightingale. Hmm? Okay, come on. Come on. Second of all, is Frida Carlo. It's not Carlo, Carlo. Third of all, is Grasshopper. Sweetie, listen. Please go easy. Okay, we okay, okay, okay. Only do three tonight, okay. sweetheart. And last Papa's one really is Grace O'Malley. Okay, done. Let us start off. Florence Nightingale, a nurse. Okay. Born May the the 12th, 1920, died August 13th, 1910. Where was she born? United Kingdom. Well done. Once upon a time, a baby was born to an English couple travelling in Italy. They decided to name their daughter after a beautiful city where she was born, so they called her Florence. Florence loved travelling and loved math and science. She loved collecting information. Wherever she travelled to a new place, she would note down how people lived there, how hospitals there were, and how big the cities were. She loved numbers. Florence studied nursing and became good at it, so the government sent her to manage a hospital for injured soldiers in Turkey. As soon as she arrived, Florence started collecting all... Annika, I'm afraid no one can hear you. Collecting an ex... Collecting and examining all the data she could find. She discovered that most of the soldiers died not because of their wounds, because of affections and diseases. Diseases contracted in the hospital. Mm -hmm. The first very requirement in the hospital is that it should do the sick no harm, she said. She made sure that everyone working there washed their hands frequently and kept everything clean. At Mm. night, she carried a lamp. She's known also as the lady with a lamp. Yes, indeed. A lamp as she made her rounds, taking to her patients and giving them hope. Thanks to her, many more soldiers made it home safely and she became known as the lady with the lamp, like I just said. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of Florence Nightingale. And what is so important about her in these days? She oh, taught about, she taught the, about the importance about cleanliness, about cleanliness hygiene. because of the coronavirus and these, these days. days. Absolutely. Spot on, Anika. Was there a famous quote yes. she said? I attribute my success to this. I never gave or took any excuse well done no excuses I, I always say that to you don't don't i never that. do any no honey i'm not saying you make excuses i'm saying never ever give any excuses mm-hmm. we take full responsibility we didn't do something we say we couldn't do it and we just own up we did we don't say because i had little time i didn't have uh, something to do it if you really want to do something you'll find a way Right? Okay, next one. Frida Kahlo. Okay. May next I read one. this one? Because she's one of my favorite. May I? No. Okay. But I promise that you can read the next set tomorrow. Mm. Sorry, I've always wanted to read a story. All right, go on. Let's go for it. How about we read half and half? That... No, it's okay, my sweetheart. You read it. 
Once upon a time, in a bright blue house. Oh, oh, oh! Hang on. Where did she? Where was oh, she sorry. born? Um, she was a painter, born in mm-hmm. Mexico. Um, um, born July the sixth, nineteen o seven. Died July the thirteenth. She had a bad life. Nineteen fifty four. Yeah, quite young. Very young. Um, 1954. Once upon a time in a bright blue house near Mexico City lived a small girl called Frida. She would grow up to be one of the most famous painters of the 20th century, but she almost didn't grow up at all. When she was six, she nearly died from polio. A disease left her with a permanent limp, but that didn't stop her from playing, swimming and wrestling, just like all the other kids. When she was 18, she was involved in a terrible bus accident. She almost died again and again. Spent, she spent months in bed. Her mother made her a special easel so that she could paint while lying down. For more than anything else, Frida loved to paint. As soon as she was able to walk again, she went to see Mexico's most famous artist, Diago Rivera. Mm. Are my paintings any good? She asked him. Her paintings were amazing, bold, bright, and beautiful. He fell in love with, uh, with them. <laughs> she fell in love with the paintings, and she fell in love with Frida too. <laughs> Diego and Frida got married. He was a big man and had a large floppy hat. She looked <laughs> very tiny beside him. People called them the elephant and the dove. Oh goodness me! Frida painted hundreds and beautiful self-portraits during her life, often surrounded with animals and birds that she kept. Bright blue house where she lived has just been has just left. Sorry, where she lived had just as. Sorry, can I read that sentence again? Yes, of course you can. The bright blue house where she lived has been kept just as she left it full of color and joy and flowers yes it's called casa azul is it yeah azul is blue you know that miss spanish learner it's azul azul are you sure yeah okay i don't know about how mexicans pronounce it but in spanish really yeah, Mexicans don't speak Spanish. They speak Spanish in a different accent, which is called but, Mexican. But uh, but it's still Spanish, Mary Jane. But in a different accent. So they might okay. pronounce it differently. Okay, fair okay, enough. Can I see a quote? Do you know what's happened to my uh, pronunciation <laughs> today? You know what has happened, my cutie pumpkin? Feet? You're tired. What do... Feet? What do I need you for when I have wings to fly? Because, you know, she used to limp. So she thought, or she said, you know, when people say, oh, come on, she's limping. Feet? What do I need you for when I have wings to fly? Because she dreamed big. Everything was colour. She was in so much pain, Anika. You have no idea. I went to see an exhibition of hers a few years back at the VNA. And it was heartbreaking to see how much pain she was in all the time. And because she had to spend so much time in bed, as you read, her mum gave her a mirror so she could look up. And she could. many of her paintings were self-portraits, lying down, looking at herself. And so she always dressed up beautifully, making beautiful hair, putting flowers. Because she wanted to see bright and bold. 
and positivity in life. Yeah. Next of all is Grace Hopper. She mm-hmm. was a computer scientist. Have Ooh, you heard of her? I have indeed. She's from the United States of yes, America. Yes, born December the 9th, 1906. Died January the 1st, 1992. Alright, my daddy. These are all very people who haven't lived for a long time. She's Once not lived for a long time? No? What do you mean? This one has lived a nice long life, Uncle. But not exactly. She hasn't even lived till 150. Uh, the average lifespan of a person is not 150, but chill. Come on. It is 130. Sorry. What? I mean, that's the average I've heard of. No, my darling. I don't know which records you've heard of. Come on, my love. Mm, you think that's too old? Yes. 130 For is too old, cutie pie. A granny to live. For Dude. granny, grandpa, anyone. My God, what are you going to do? My friend's grandma lived until 120. Oh, yeah? Who was that? I can't remember her name. Oh, how convenient. Mommy, we've broken up till the coronavirus. How can I remember her name? The 120. Only, the only name I remember is the coronavirus. No, no, do what do you mean? You, you don't your remember name? your friend's names? Nope. Really? No. 120 years old is when her nan lived under. Yeah. Nice. I think her I... nan's name is Marcelo. Okay, chill. Follow up. Okay, once upon a time, there was a little girl called Grace who really wanted to understand how alarm clocks worked. She started taking apart all the clocks she could find. First one, then another, then another, then another. By the time she got to her seventh clock, her mom realized there were no more clocks in the house <laughs> and told her to stop. Grace, Grace kept on tinkering with anything she found interesting. Eventually, she became a professor of maths and physics during the school Second World War. She joined the Navy like her grandfather, who was an admiral. Admiral? No, sorry, admiral. She was assigned to work on a special project. Come and meet Mark, they said. She went into a room, but instead of a person, she was introduced to the first computer, called Mark. <laughs> the first. <laughs> it filled the entire room, and since it was a first, no one knew exactly how to use it. So Grace started studying it and took a lot of hard work, but thanks to these programs, Grace wrote for the Mark the first, and it's... <laughs> successes, U.S. forces were able to decode secret messages sent by their enemies during the war. When she was old, Grace tried to retire more than once, but she was always called back because of her extraordinary expertise. Eventually, she became like an admiral, um, Admiral. admiral, like her grandfather. All her life, Grace went to bed early and wake up at four o'clock in the morning to work on computer coding she never stopped being curious and her incredible work showed up the whole world what computers could be except for Ada Lovelace still wrote the first computer program, program indeed, in history indeed my love last one is Grace O'Malley oh she was a pirate yeah oh my goodness when was she born, sweetheart? Sorry, was she born? I don't know if it on the music. Um, she was born in Ireland. Um, she, wow, well, she was an early person. Mm. She 
was born in 1530. And died in 1603. Okay. What does C.A. mean? Can't tell. <laughs> 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 Once upon a time on a wild green island, Elga lived longer ginger. Cool. <laughs> Once upon a time on a wild green island lived a girl with long ginger hair. Guess what her name was. Guess what her name was. Her name was Grace. Her name was Grace. Her name was Grace. Continue, continue. When the wind howled and the waves crashed against the rock, Grace would stand up on the clifftop and dream of sailing out across the stormy seas. Girls cannot be sailors, father told her, and anyway, your long hair would get tangled in the rigging. Grace didn't like the sound of this one bit. Oh she cut her hair short and dressed in boys' clothes to prove that her family, that she could live the life of the sea. Finally, one day, her father agreed to take her sailing. Okay, okay, Grace. On one condition. If we meet... If we meet a pirate ship... Hide below deck, he said. But when they are attacked, Grace leaped off the rigging and landed on off the pirates. One of the pirates' One backs. of the pirates' back. A surprise attack worked, and they beat the pirates off. Grace was a fine sailor. She wanted to do something more exciting than catching fish. When the English attacked her castle, she became a pirate herself rather than to submit to the English rule. Wait, so Ireland is its own country, but Northern Ireland is it's part, part of the of UK. the UK, yes. So they captured it? Mm-hmm. One of, well, they captured her, the castle, Okay. One of it. Okay, Grace was so successful that she had her own fleet of ships, as well as several islands and castles along the west coast of the field of of uh, Ireland. Ireland. Now she had lots of castles. Mm-hmm. Now she looked rich. When the English captured her sons, Grace sailed to meet the Queen of England, Elizabeth I, and tried to save them. To everyone's surprise, the Queen and Grace became friends. The Queen returned their sons and possessions, and Grace helped her fight against England's enemies, the Spanish. Ooh, look at that. Very cool. Do you know Portugal had never been captured from Spain? By Spain? Invaded by Spain Mm. or captured. Okay, what's her quote? Oh, her quote is, I am the queen of the sea. Ooh, I like that. I don't think we met her um, great... Grace Hoppers, would you want to say that? If it's a good idea, go ahead and do it. I like that. So, if it's a good idea, go ahead and do it. What a fabulous set of stories. Thank you very much, Annika. And on that note, I'd like to wish you all good night and sleep tight. We will meet again tomorrow. Toodles! Hello kids, hope you're well. We're back with our Rebel Girl stories and today we're going to read Harriet Tubman to start with. Harriet Tubman was a freedom fighter who was born in 1822 and died in 1913. She was born in America. One day, a girl was standing in front of a grocery store when a black man came running past. He was being chased by a white man who yelled, Stop that man! He's my slave! She did nothing to stop him. 
The girl's name was Harriet. She was 12 years old and she was also enslaved. Harriet hoped the man would escape. She really wanted to help him. Just then, the overseer hurled an iron object at the running man. He missed, but it hit Harriet on the head. She was badly injured, but her her bushy hair cushioned it. But her thick hair cushioned the blow enough to save her life. My hair had never been combed, she said, and it stood out like a bushel basket. A few years later, the family who owned her put her up for sale. So Harriet decided to... do that? Not her own family, the family who owned what, her. What because So it's very tragic, Anika, because at some... There was a time when some people were bought as slaves. That's so so you, you owned them. That is so crucial. Crucial? You, I think you meant cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Cruel. Mm-hmm. So, I did. <laughs> it's cruel. Yeah. Extremely cruel. So, um, yeah, it's it's mind-bogglingly awful. So... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She hid. So she she decided to escape. She hid in the daytime and travelled by night. When she crossed the border into Pennsylvania, she realised for the first time in her life that she was free. Of course, Pennsylvania's always been free. No, no, no. It's not that Pennsylvania's been free, honey. She crossed over from where she was into Pennsylvania and she realised she was free. She had run away. She had escaped from being a slave. I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person now that I was free. Was this only for black people? This particular thing is, yes, there was, it was a black person yeah. who was enslaved, but other people have also been enslaved. No, have also white people been enslaved? Yeah, in some cases. There was such if glory. Room, yeah. If there's a what? Like, women weren't allowed to do lots of stuff. Hmm. That could have been a white woman too. The, yes, women were not uh, allowed to do a lot of stuff, yes. Um, that is absolutely right and in a way what you're saying is it's like being a slave because you feel enslaved but it's not exactly the same thing as being you don't want a a man to rule over you you want to rule over yourself absolutely it's like Mary Wollstonecraft isn't it when she said she said she doesn't really it's not anti her thinking wasn't anti-men she just said I just want women to have control over themselves not control over men if you can have control over yourself you've you've won it yeah so mommy i demand you i have control over myself so you can't tell me what to do (laughs) that does not apply to mummies (laughs) (laughs) that only applies to other to, to men okay there was such glory over everything and i felt like i was in heaven she thought about the runaway slave and her family in maryland who was still enslaved she knew she had to help them over the next 11 years she went back 19 times and rescued hundreds of enslaved people she was never captured and she never lost a single person and her quote is and i prayed to god to make me strong and able to fight 
And that's what I've always prayed for ever since. Harriet Tubman. What an incredible woman, huh? She ran and ran and then not only did she escape, she then also helped people. That is the most incredible thing. Right. The next is how do we how do I hat pronounce it? How do I pronounce that? Okay, say hat. Hat. Shep. Shep. Soot. Soot. Had Shep Soot Pharaoh, um, born in 1508 and died in 1458 BC. Does that make sense? Yeah, because before Christ, the years go backward. So, if you're born in 1400, you would. Let's say you're 100 years old, then you would die in... That's what C-A means. C-A and B-C. That's right. Long before Cleopatra, a woman ruled Egypt for 25 years. Her name was Hatshepsut, and she was the first woman to ever become a pharaoh. At the time, the idea of a woman being pharaoh was so strange that Hatshepsut had to act as though she was a man in order to convince Egyptians that she was their legitimate leader. She proclaimed herself king and not queen and cancelled the female suffix in her name. She wore men's clothes and sometimes even put on a false beard. Hatshepsut reigned longer and more successfully than any other pharaoh in all of Egyptian history. But apparently that wasn't enough. Twenty years after she died, someone tried to erase her from history. Mm -hmm. Have they been able to find out who it was? Maybe. Statues of her were smashed and her name was removed from the records. Why? Because a female pharaoh freaked people out. Mama, that's really impossible because it's really hard to erase someone's name in the memory of someone immortalized in stone, Mama. Yeah, but if you smash the stone, then... It's done. Yeah, it's, it's finished. Really no, that no there won't do. be any there won't be any evidence of anything, Anika, because that evidence has been How smashed. How about we read along? Huh? How about we read along? Well you're the one who's interrupted me with this knowledge. Okay, don't be a bad girl. Bad girl? <laughs> yes. I'm your mum. You're a bad girl now. Don't be a bad girl, Ruby. Who was that? That was Baba Pink. Speaking from the sky, <laughs> I was not being a bad girl. I was being a good girl. Okay, so, um, why? Because a female pharaoh freaked people out. What if her success encouraged other women to seek power? Thankfully, it's not so easy to erase the memory oh, of someone so immortalized someone in stone. Me. It's not that. It's not that. But if they smashed it then it would have been one second enough traces of her life and work remained for more for modern archaeologists to piece together her story so what i'm saying is they did still smash it but then they could put it all together Hatshepsut's mummy wrapped in linen and perfumed with resins had been removed from her yes and you so basically you've read this story no. and i'm reading it for the first time and then you lead me onto this point and say no. it's not possible to blah, 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 and then i read that and then go <laughs> bah. but it was only a few years ago okay so uh but so 
had been removed from her original grave and hidden, but it was found in the Valley of the Kings just a few years ago. This is my point. First you interrupt me, then you tell me, then you question me, and then you say blah blah, and then it turns out that it's it's right. And then you say, how do you know? And then you say, bad girl. Right. Bye girl. Okay. Um... <laughs> so I have let's read her quote I have restored that which was in ruins I have raised up that which was destroyed go hardship suit and on that note I think we will not close exactly <laughs> we will not close exactly last story last, which were Helen Keller is last one no, not two. Not two, just no, one. Not, I, I just, just one. Okay, bye, girl, now. Okay, Helen Keller was an activist. Um, She was from the United States mm-hmm. of America. Born June 27, 1880 and died June the 1st, 1968. Hmm, good life. Okay. Once upon a time, a girl named Helen suffered from a bad fever that left her deaf and blind. Frustrated and angry, she used to lie on the ground, kicking and screaming. Oh, bless her. One day, her mum took her to a special school for the blind. A talented young teacher named Anne Sullivan met them and decided to try and teach her how to speak. But how can you learn the word doll if you cannot see your doll? Anne wondered. How do you say water if you could not... If you have never heard anyone speak and realised that she had to use Helen's sense of touch, she held Helen's finger under running water and spelled the word water on her hand. Mm. Then she spelled the word doll while Helen cuddled her favourite doll. Oh, cute. Helen suddenly understood that different words stood for different things, which her finger... With, with her, her fingers, fingers on Anne's lips. She felt how she spoke the vibration. Helen felt the vibration. You were reading, aren't you? Never. Right? No. She was totally reading. Okay, guys, never mind. Okay, don't. The vibrations when these words are spoken, and slowly she learned how to make those words herself. Soon she was speaking out loud for the first wow, time. She learned how to read Briley. Braille. Braille. What's Braille? Language for the blind. Braille. You might have seen by some of them. Some books have it. They've got like these dot, 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 raised dots so that when they feel them, they know what those letters are. It's a special language for those who can't see. Braille by running their fingers over the raised Monica, I don't need to read it. I know what Braille is. Dots. She even learned different languages. French, German, Latin and Greek too. And you know she gave public speeches chanting the lots of rights. I didn't read that. Okay. Helen gave public speeches and championed with the rights of people's disabilities. With disabilities. Okay, thanks. She travelled the world with her amazing teacher and her beloved dog. She didn't need words to tell them how she felt. She just gave them a big loving hug. This is this is her quote. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt. 
with the lot. The lot? Heart. You <laughs> are funny. Heart. With the heart. Okay. Heart. Heart. What, heart. what you wanted to heart. say was love and heart, and that became lot. But that's absolutely no, that's fine. Lot. That's absolutely fine. Thank you for that, Anika. And on that note, we are going to wish you all good good night and sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Gummy bears bite. Uh, bed bugs bite. <laughs> all right. Good night. Bye. Do do.